ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email. The address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. If you have any questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please reach out to us that way. Um, again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm joined in, well, on phone, I guess, not in studio. Um, joined by phone today um, with Marcy Stockman. Hi, Marcy. Hi, Chris. Uh, Marcy was on the show a couple years ago. We talked about reading. Um, a Mary, uh, Marcy has an, uh, is the founder of an apostolate called Well Read Moms, um, which a number of, of there are a number of groups of Well Read Moms in our diocese here in Sioux Falls as well as around the country. And Marcy, pro- even around the world or not? Are you international yet? Uh, well, we're in maybe five countries. Okay, so that counts. Yes, yep. there we go. Um, but today, what Marcy and I are going to be talking about is is her story. Um, there's some overlap between Marcy's and mine, but we're not talking about mine today. It might come up a little bit, uh, but we're going to talk about Marcy's journey of faith and how the Lord has led her to where she is today. Um, it's a great story. Um, Marcy's been on before, but this is the first time on Ignition that she's shared her story, so I'm very much looking forward to it. But before we get into that, who is Marcy and who is Chris, just in case you've never listened to Ignition before. Uh, Again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I've been in that role since 2002, Um, been in the more important role of husband to Jermaine since 1999, and we have five kids. Um, They're all born and raised in South Dakota, although my wife is from Ohio, and I uh, grew up in central Minnesota. And I'll use that as a segue for Marcy. Would you mind just uh, before we get into today's into your story could you just introduce yourself a little bit oh okay um well i'm marcy stockman and i'm uh, married to peter and we have seven children 11 grandchildren now and i live uh, in the same hometown that, that chris is from so we actually met each other in the library which is, yes. which is fitting right? yes we did <laughs> You were in eighth grade, I think. Uh, somewhere, maybe tenth, maybe tenth. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> yes, we met in the library. I was working at the library, uh, high school job. My first real high school, my first real job actually, in in walks this woman with her two very little children at the time, um, and they were new to town, and uh, they she came to the library with the with the babies. So. Yeah. Um, Great. So, all right, Marcy, that's a little bit who you are. Obviously, we're going to find out more about who you are as, as we um, listen to you talk about our story. So you, you can start this at a number of places. When I've invited people to share their story on Ignition before, sometimes we've gone back to the beginning, family roots, sometimes a, 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 a more significant moment. But I think it's helpful if we do start a little bit, just your your background in terms of your own family growing up as a little girl um, in the city. Right. So, so I grew up in Nebraska and uh, was was second of seven, and uh, Catholic faith, and then uh, love love the Lord. And from a child, I was very 
um, privileged to come from a family of faith. But Chris, when, when we moved to our small town, um, it was a time where I began to sort of lose my faith and question a lot of things in the, in the Catholic faith. We left the church for three years. And then by the grace of God, and that's another story, actually, that, that whole leaving and coming back. But by the grace of God, we came back. And, and I so wanted to give everything to Christ. And I was so grateful to be back in his church and receive the Eucharist and be under the authority of the Pope and have this relationship again with Mary. Um, but I began to think that the way to do that was to live uh, this pious moralism. Yeah. Um, to the extent that it was narrowing my world so much. I, I mean, I, I gave up reading. You know, I gave up. I, I thought the only way to grow closer to Christ was to sort of put blinders on and, and ignore. Uh, well, basically, I, I, um, I was faithfully practicing piety, but, but not in a living encounter with Christ. It was like there was a wall between the two. And I was blocked from, I guess, living a fullness of life. I wanted Christ to be everything, but um, I was afraid, really afraid of the culture, afraid of, I wanted to protect my children, which I, I, I do think there's a place for that. But I was living afraid. And, and Pete and I were um, opened up to a new way of seeing, a new way of living uh, when we met the movement, Community Liberation. And we met... Um, people who were full of wonder in life, and one of the things they would say was, you know, follow your heart and take your desires seriously and live your life intensely. I really didn't know what they were talking about because I I, I sort of lost my humanity in a sense. I, it's hard to describe, but as I began to see that my relationship with Christ um, could could open me up to everything, every circumstance, every person could be a chance to grow in that relationship with him. Um, I discovered that I could have a grow in my humanity. I could look at literature again. I could look at people and believe that everyone and everything could be a bridge to Christ. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. you, know, you want to want to pick things that are that are good to right. To be around, I'm not right. talking about you know an all out. I'm talking about cho- choosing the best, but having having this Catholic gaze, um, like Saint Paul said, you know, how does that go, Chris? You know, look at everything, hold on to what is good and true. Yeah, so test everything. everything. Yeah, That's test it. everything. Hold fast to what is true, what is good, right. what so, is beautiful. So, um, so I, I started to gain a taste for life, and uh, Father Gasani says that. The he's the and he's the founder, um, the, right. the the deceased founder of this movement. Okay, right. He, he said that that the issue is that Christ be everything for me, and I understood uh, Pope John Paul's hope could come true through this, through this to make faith culture again in the very cultural spaces of our time is one of uh, Pope John Paul's hopes, hmm. and I, I was discovering that this possibility. Um, it could be a possibility that I could look at everything and, and life was becoming more vibrant. I began to read again, and everything could have something to do with going closer to the Lord. So books, um, literature has always been a, a help for me to look at life questions. 
and um, ask ask questions again, kind of get a glimpse again of, of what I'm doing here anyway on this earth. And so, um, well, we have seven children, and with that comes a full life. Sure. You know, it's just a full life, as you know, raising children. And so I remember, I don't know, 10 years ago now, I was I was just burning out as a mom. I was I was um, so tired and so exhausted, and no one seemed to see it in the family. You know, they, you know, as long as I'm no one really saw. Hey, mom needs to rest. Yep. Mom needs to take care of herself. Um, and so I remember I was heading to two of my boys' cross country meet, and um, I was on the verge, I think, of almost a breakdown. And I stopped at Caribou Coffee to get this latte, and I just sat and stared at the wall. And at a certain point, I thought, you know, i got to get going. I've got 40 minutes to drive here, and if I don't leave right now, I'm going to miss that meet. And I kept staring at the wall, and I didn't get up. And I missed the meet. Mm. And it, it was a wake-up call for me. And so the next week, I was talking to a friend of mine who's actually Italian, and I told her about this incident. And Chris, she said something to me. I really believe it was the Holy Spirit speaking to her because it, it absolutely changed my conception of what it is to be a mother. And I think she had this she had another perspective from coming from another country and she said, You American mothers, you think being a mom is about running to everything your kids are in. And she she sort of I could envision her we were on the phone, but I could envision that she was pointing her fingers saying, <laughs> um, take care of your heart. Right. That's how you mother. She said, if your kids want to run, let them run. You take care of your heart. And actually, her word kind of stunned. I thought, gosh, that wasn't, that wasn't very nice, you know, but I love my friend. And um, most other women, you know, we just commiserate about how busy we are. But but this friend, she spoke something true, and I right. knew it was true, but I didn't know what it meant to take care of my heart. So a couple months later, um, in the spring of 2012, I was giving some talks. I've given talks before in our area up here about children's literature and, and good books to read to children. But they wanted something new, so I thought, well, I'll just call it Well Read Mom. And I'll, I gave three talks in, in the area um, to, to mother's groups, and I wanted to find out what women were reading. So I gave this little talk, and each time I drove home, I, I felt so sad. And I, I'm driving thinking, why am I so sad? And I realized it was because not one woman in the, in who, who attended the talk was reading um, literature for her own growth and enjoyment. Well, they might have been reading a self-help book or a parenting book, but most of the women weren't reading at all, um, and no one was reading literature. And the number one reason was they don't have time. I don't have time. Well, I... I actually recognize, wow, I'm in the same boat, really. I'm not reading good literature consistently either. I had before when I was in this book club, but that was years ago. And anyway, I, I drove home sad because I thought, how is this talk going to make a difference in anyone's life? In fact, it's just going to make all of us feel more guilty. You know, here's one more thing you're failing at. And, you know, women do not need more guilt. Mm-hmm. Women are working so hard to, to keep so many you know, plates spinning. Um, so I, I felt bad that they would feel 
one more thing, they're failing it. Well, a couple of days later, my daughter, Beth, who was a new mom, uh, she called me almost in tears, and she's like, Mom, I've had it with going to these mother groups. I've been to this mother group three times, and all we talk about is what kind of binky, what kind of diaper. She she was so discouraged. She says, Mom, isn't there a place after college where, where women get together and actually talk about the real questions of life? And I just heard this cry in her voice. And I under, it took me back to my days of being, being a new mom and how terribly lonely it was with small children and, and you know, being together and being isolated. It's, 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 I think it's an American problem, this isolation. So she had this need to live, really live these years. And I understood I had the same need and we could help each other. She had a cry for meaning. She had a cry for friendship. And so did I. And so this idea of reading books together uh, sort of merged her cry for friendship and meaning and, and my need to read more and read well merged together. And we said, let's put together a book club. Let's stay together and read really good books. And let's do this over, over a few years. Mm. So it was a simple idea. And uh, I had been teaching at a, a homeschool academy. I've been teaching literature for Twenty some years now, so you know I had a little background from that experience. So I said, "Look, Beth, I'll record an introduction. You get a group together. I'll record an audio. I'll send it to you. That way, you can leave this group without having to do do any prep, you know." And so she invited friends to her living room. I invited twenty two people to mine, and a, a, another friend from St. Cloud, Minnesota, said, "Hey, I." You're going to do that? Can I do it too? I, I meet with the mother's group. So the the plan was that our three groups would stay together and we'd help each other be accountable. And it would be a new avenue for friendship uh, because we'd have discussion, meaningful discussion, sort of to springboard from the, from the good literature. Sort of like, Chris, if you, if you make a nice meal and you pay attention to the food and setting the table, chances are... You're going to have better conversations. Amen. You know, because yep. you've taken the time and it, it's more meaningful. So that's that was the idea. So okay. I'm just going to, to let me let me let me pause you there for a moment, yeah. Marcy. Just in case somebody's tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast of the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald talking today with Marcy Stockman, sort of about her journey of faith and and this book group, Marcy, that you were just that that, that just a few years ago um, sort of came about as a desire for for community, for friendship, but also to to live life more fully. And before you, you go on with that, Marcy, can can I can we just back up just a little bit because there are a couple things that you've shared that I really want um, to, to ask you a little bit more about. You, you mentioned how you, you were raised a lifelong Catholic, um, uh, and it was actually well into adulthood. You're uh, a, a mom of children. Um, when there, there started to be some questions, for lack of a better word, in your faith, that actually led you and your husband and your, your, your kids um, to, to away from the church for a time. And then you came back and you used a phrase, Marcy, early on in our conversation here about, you, you referred to how you were living a pious moralism. I want to go back to that actually. And that one or two things, can you explain what that means in case people are like, what, what, what did she mean by pious moralism? But then what did it look like in your own life? What, what does it mean that you were living a pious moralism? What is it and what did it look like? 
Well, Chris, you're the theologian. You well, know. you used the word, not me. <laughs> yeah, I did use the word. Okay. Well, for me, and maybe it's just, maybe it's wrong, but the way I was living was, I, I kind of call it like try harder Christianity. Yeah. I wanted so hard to be good. I wanted so hard to be like a saint. You know, that's the desire of my heart, to give everything to the Lord and love Him with all my heart. And But, you know, I really thought this was the way to do it. You know, yeah. like to pray more. And, of course, we should... It, I do pray more, um, but I think what's changed for me is um, this awareness of I'm in the family. Mm. You know, I'm baptized. Yep. It means something. Now it needs to be stirred up and it needs to grow in this realization, but it means everything. So, I'm a child of God, like you know, you 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 have your children and they can disobey. Um, now I've got these grandchildren; they can they can raise a a fuss and stamp, and they're in the family. Um, they don't have to earn it. So your your identity as a daughter of the father was was maybe not as present there, but it became through this movement. And I want to talk about what a movement here is through this movement, community liberation. Um, you became more aware of the fact, as you're just saying, you're in the family. You you are a daughter. You don't need to try harder to to become a daughter. You're already that. Is that right? Yeah, it's like the first. I just I remember the day I understood that my baptism was a fact. And it, it meant something. It wasn't just a, you know, and it wasn't just a, a social thing you did. Yeah. Because you belonged to it. was a fact. It was life-changing. It was, you know, the greatest day of my life. But it continued. Um, yeah. So. Okay. So. <laughs> now what do I talk about? No, 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 no. No, that's good. That that's helpful. So it was especially through this movement in the church. Can, so if somebody's, we we've talked an ignition before, just a couple episodes, frankly, over the many years that I've um, been doing ignition. Um, we had a priest in our diocese, Father Tyler Matson. We talked about focolare uh, about a year, year and a half ago. I, I've had many guests on who who are part of different movements, including Community Liberation. But I don't think I've ever really talked in depth. And I don't, I'm not asking you to explain movements, but just for you, what is this movement, community liberation? I know that's a huge question. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're thinking you, your answer would probably be come and see, come and check it out. But like, just in in, in uh, what is it meant to you? Just in a mo- just in a minute or so, Marcy. I don't want this to become the focus of the rest of our conversation. It could be, but just briefly, what is this movement, um, and and what has it meant in your life? Well, it's it's a a place where um, I've been educated to, to to things that are, have been part of the church since the very beginning, but maybe the understanding of them has become confused. Um, yeah. Words like freedom. Freedom isn't getting what I want. You know, freedom is... Uh, true freedom comes through obedience, and true, true freedom is this relationship with Christ. This is... Um, anyway, I shouldn't get off on that, but um, oh, the question you asked was, just in a nutshell, it, it, it's a lived friendship. Okay. It's a lived friendship on this road to, you know, our destiny, is what they would say, but on the, on the road to heaven. You know? so, 
and and and, and movements their movements are sort of a little bit like religious orders but the movements are particularly lay driven um not necessarily lay led i mean the founder was an italian priest monsignor luigi Gisani, uh a spanish priest is currently the the leader of the of of this particular movement um so so the lay movements are something new in the church in the last 50 60 years in terms of being really prevalent and popular especially in europe but also in the united states and, and all, all around the world um what how would you describe the the care what, what's the charism the particular aspect of our faith that communion and liberation really emphasizes within the context of the whole marcy um well i i'm just thinking that um for me it's not the charism i would have picked Okay. I, I was living this pious Mormonism, but I was desperately lonely for friends. And I think God chose God chose this one for me. Yeah. I wouldn't have picked it. Um, but because of its that lived friendship you described, could that be close right. to what the charism yeah. is? And, and also, Chris, if I this would be part of coming back to the church, but if I wouldn't have been so desperately in need of friendships, I, I really wouldn't have thought twice about this. Or gone back, but I was my need was so great um, that my husband and I, you know, Pete said, "Let's keep going," and, and we did, and it has been, become just really a, a road. It's a road. It's a way of staying together with others and and growing. Like every week, our, our main meeting is called School of Community, and it's really like, what have you seen this week? You know, it's like your relationship with your living relationship with with Christ. You know, is you, you share like what you've experienced, where you've experienced encountering him. So beautiful. Anyway, it's 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 sort of an accountability. Yeah. But it's been a, a beautiful growth in, in living friendship with others. So we've got about six minutes left, Marcy. You had earlier you, you were explaining sort of the genesis of what would become well-read moms. Um, this apostle that I mentioned when I introduced you at the top of the show, um, and you were just here now talking about community liberation. So of these factors in your life kind of coming together at this point for you, um, seven kids. How many? One still at home or not? Well, one still at home, right? Yeah, right. One's Winston home, um, 11 grandkids, so busy in all sorts of ways. Right now, um, and, and you can return here if, you, if you'd like to, to talking more about well-read moms, but all these factors coming together, what difference is Christ and his church making in your life right now? Wow, Chris. <laughs> I know. Wow. In, in five oh. minutes, Marcy. <laughs> oh, we have five minutes. Okay. Um, I'll go back to the story a little bit and then try and conclude with that. Um, but after I uh, decided to, or Beth and I decided to do this, yeah. we just pulled pulled a lot of books off the shelves, sort of researching books that we could read together, and books from you know the, the ancient tradition, like the, the the epics of Homer and and Virgil and Saint Augustine's Confessions and Dante, and I I lined these all up in chronological order. And then I thought, you know, who wants to be in this? I don't even want to be in this. You know, this is too hard. We need another way to stay together. Um, we want to raise the bar. We want to raise the bar with what, how we're feeding feeding our souls. But we don't want to crush anyone. And I thought of St. Benedict, um, who wrote in the rule that he wanted his monastery to be a place where the strong have something to yearn for and the weak have nothing to run from. Mm. So that sort of became part of it. We don't want to make it 
crushing on anyone, but we do want to raise the bar. And um, so if you're a new reader for the first time, you've never read books like this, it's still a place for you. And if you are a voracious reader, it's a place for you because we, these, the kind of books we're reading can be read over and over again. But Chris, what helped me uh, figure out a way to organize this was reading Pope John Paul's letter to women, mm. 1995 letter, and he was thanking women in the various roles. Thank you, women who are mothers, who are daughters, who are workers, sisters, and wives. And it's almost like I jumped out of my chair. I thought, that's it. We can organize these years according to the capacity of women. Of women. So it, it started with year of daughter, and then it went to year of mother, year of spouse, year of the worker, year of the friend, year of the contemplative, year of the pilgrim, and this year's year of the artist. And then next year is going to be year of the sister. Mm. Um, so we're following, we're getting back to uh, Pope John Paul's uh, genius, actually. Right. Uh, women. So anyway, that's, that's kind of how it started. And now, uh, I, let's see, the other question is, what does this have to do with Christ? Well, for example, last week we read, uh, we met to discuss um Dorian Gray book and a picture, the picture of Dorian Gray, and that's a book where the character just sort of takes. He remains childish all his life, and he just lives a life for pleasure, and and all the way to the end. And it, I didn't even really like the book that much, and it, it was kind of depressing, really. And I get to my book club and. We're discussing it, and we, as we're talking and sharing together, we, we start to understand, like, wow, our lives need to be ordered, mm. not by our, not by what we, well, not by pleasure, but by our life in God, moving toward union in God. And if we're ordered that way, if that's our focus, you know, one thing only is required. If our lives are ordered so that our soul is ordered in God, through prayer, through the rosary, through mass, through scripture, um, but also through literature. So I that this is the way our lives need to be ordered, not just following our senses. And and a couple women <laughs> had the same experience as I did. We got up the next morning and we went to confession. Well because we understood not planned, not not not, planned. not choreographed. No, no, it was un- I, I just understood wow, it's so huh. easy to put that off. It's so easy to let it go and you just keep following it's, it's, you're either growing in Christ or you're falling away. It's yep. like there's no middle ground. Amen. And I, I realized that through reading Dorian Gray again. Wow. And it, it helped me move. And, I'm, and again, I'm grateful. For some reason, literature speaks to me this way. But you know what, Chris? If I would have read the book by myself, yep. I don't know that I would have got that. Because, again, I didn't like the book that much. Um but it, it, it really, sometimes it's the ones you don't like, and then you go to your book club, and it helps you the most. So, Beautiful. Yeah. Great. So we have 30 seconds left, Marcy. So I'm going to give you the first 15. <laughs> uh, 15 seconds. Uh, what does your faith in Jesus Christ mean to you today in 2019? I know. It's easy to sit on your end. You know? I know it I, is. I, I, I want it to mean everything. Amen. Uh, amen. Amen. Thank you, Marcy, for being on with us today. 
You bet. We will definitely have you back on. Uh, it's been great to, to have you share your story, particularly about the origins and genesis of Well-Read Moms. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, that's ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.